Hey, this is Joe Namath, and uh, they say it ain't easy being green. Are you ready? The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans, Jet fans, Jet fans, are very passionate. Bird, Bird. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans are very passionate. Brady sucks. Don't be sucked. Don't believe it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Valley, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I am joined, as always, by my colleague and co-host, none other than the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris, everyone. What's up, everybody? And in studio, representing in the flesh, the number one NFL podcasting correspondent in the game today, the majestic beast, the big stinking Wookiee, <laughs> Nicholas Kronk, everyone. Ladies and gents, good to be back with you guys again. Strapping in for a good one. Yeah, and this is our first, uh, the first podcast, my first time we got a chance to do this since the Super Bowl, coming off a great... Super Bowl game, entertaining. What we basically wanted when we did our last prediction, when we did our last discussion, guys, we were able to speak before the Super Bowl game. This is what we said. We don't have a horse in the race. This feels great. For once, Patriots aren't in it. We don't have any emotions. None of us care about these teams. All we wanted was a good game, and we got a good game. Um, Really, really fun. 31-20 Chiefs are your Super Bowl champions. Patrick Mahomes hoist the trophy. Both of you guys thought they would get it done. Didn't look like it for most of the game. Didn't look like they'd get there for most of the game. We're not going to bore everyone with too much Super Bowl talk. I know the game was a little while ago. You guys have already heard about the Super Bowl a bunch. We're going to get into some Jets stuff, get into some other things going on with the Jets in a second. But just real quick, Mike, I thought it was. A, I thought the game was great. I thought Mahomes did what you thought. It took him a while to get there from the takeover. The 49ers did a great job on him for about three quarters of that game. But when it mattered the most, the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl... Probably the most money spot, the most money moment in sports when there's a tight game is the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. Besides maybe being a starter in Game Seven of the World Series, or your goalie right. in a game, you're the goalie of a Game Seven in the Stanley Cup or something, you know, it's just a huge spot to be in when you're a quarterback. And Mahomes just came up big, you know. They rattled off three touchdowns in a row. He showed what he's really all about, Mahomes. Jimmy G, like Mike said. Folded under pressure. Now, Mike was wishing it on him and saying it was going to happen throughout the playoffs. Jimmy G was able to defy Mike right up until it mattered the most. Then Mike got to pull out that And then suit. guess what happened? Folded. Because <laughs> he folded like well, a t-shirt. And I want, and I want um, Jeff fans to really, really, really understand how much he folded. Do you guys remember that Sam Darnold performance on Monday Night Football against the New England Patriots? His quarterback rating for that game was a 2.6. 2.6. It was one of the lowest in the history of the league. Jimmy G's quarterback rating in the fourth quarter, 2.6. Okay. Oh! Just, just, just to embody. Just to embody. Just so you guys understand how bad Jimmy G was. And we and I and it wasn't and I don't want to take like full credit on this. Keith Cronk, they both knew. We knew what Jimmy G is. Jimmy G isn't a terrible quarterback, but he's not 
great. You know what I'm saying? He's that, you know, middle of the road, can do it when you need, but in the big moment, he was not able to execute, and Patrick Mahomes did not have a Mahomes-type game, I have to admit. His quarterback rating for the game was a 78.1, 26 for 42, 286 yards. Again, we don't want to go through everything, but he did have two interceptions. That second interception really scared me. I thought it looked like... Yeah, that second one was bad. Chiefs. Yeah, That was a bad pass, yeah. dude, that second one. First one, the guy made a good play. Yeah. No, the first one, one was, yeah. the first one was a great play. I thought by the defense. Yep. Not a great pass by Mahomes. That second one, though, it looked like you know this dude's lost right now. That's yep. what it looked like out there in the field for a second there. It did. And uh, hats off to uh, Debo Samuel. Hats off to Joey Bosa and that San Francisco defensive line. I thought that they played a tremendous game, but in the end, when it mattered the most, Mahomes third and fifteen. Rocketed back, got Tyreek Hill for a first down, and that was all she wrote. He was able to push them in. Andy Reid wins his first Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes is now officially the best quarterback in the NFL. We already thought that and felt that, but until they he gets to that mountaintop, gets that Lombardi Trophy hoisted, you know that's when you can like officially crown a cat. Remember when Peyton Manning won his first? We were all like, oh okay. There you go, you know? You want to know so, how much that trophy for him. You want to know how much that trophy means? If, say for instance, Eli went through his whole career and never won a Super Bowl. You're not talking about him being even no on the chance. cusp of being in the in Even the with, I think, some of the cumulative stats he has uh, with playing as many games, Iron Man's it out. Yep. I know he's up there in some of the categories because he's played so long. Yep. I don't think you're, you're talking about it. That's how much that Super Bowl means. So Mike's Absolutely. right. If you're somebody who's on the cusp or people talking about you being one of the future greats or whatever the case may be, taking a Super Bowl in your second year as a starter, that's a good way to start your career Jeez. off. You know, and uh, let's, let's also tip our hat to Damian Williams in the game. 104 yards rushing, Mike, a touchdown. He also had a, a touchdown receiving. Probably should have won the MVP of the game, but what happens is that if you're a quarterback... And you lead the game-winning touchdown drive in the Super Bowl. You do anything towards that. And you throw a game-winning touchdown pass in the Super Bowl, you're going to get the MVP. Yep. You're going to Disney World. There's almost no way around it, right, guys? I mean, it's it's impossible in that situation not to get it. I thought that Bosa played great. He was all over the place. Mike, 105 yards for Tariq Hill. 98 yards. 98 big yards, too, from Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins. Burns absolutely... Took out the flamethrower, loaded it up with fuel, flamethrowered Richard Sherman down to a crisp. All that was left, there was a pile of smoke and dreads. And two hits. That was it, because he got burned. Woo! I didn't realize that that could, like, Bo, Bo Jackson's injury could happen to a person just by somebody running past them. <laughs> like, I thought there had to be contact. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm happy. I'm also happy, uh, guys. Just to wrap up about the Super Bowl, I'm also happy for Andy Reid because uh, you know he's a good. He always seemed like a good dude, um, and he's one of the probably the best coaches that never won it. He never really coached a team that was a rival of the Jets that was ever going up against the Jets a lot. Right. So I never had like any problems with him. You know, like other coaches, like when I was young, stellar stash. Like I, I, I was an eight year old, and everyone like, why do you hate like my my teachers in school? Be like, who's this Marv Levy guy you hate? <laughs> Probably looks like a nice old man to you. <laughs> But it's like, so, when God's teams, God's go up against your team, you know, you kind of build up that hatred and that, that animosity towards them. But, no, Super Bowl was great, though, Mike. No, it was. And you know what? Look, the Kansas City Chief fans had been waiting 50 years 
for their team to watch them go back to the Super Bowl. And there's only one other team that has had a longer drought than the Kansas City Chiefs since winning a Super Bowl. And that's the New York Jets. And our fans have been waiting for now 52 years plus or 51 year, years plus. It was one year longer than the Chiefs. And now that's a race. And now they have a Super Bowl. Yeah, that's true. But despite, but, but I'm going to tell you guys, despite, despite us waiting for over 50 years for a Super Bowl, despite us having Adam Gase and, you know, having that one in seven start and all that, you know, the attendance leaders came out for the year of 2019. And of course, the Dallas Cowboys were number one in the National Football League at 90,929 average. Behind them, number two, the New York Jets at 78,523. Packers, Broncos, Giants, all uh, filing after. Now, I posted this on social media and got a lot of responses. A lot of Jeff fans thought I was very proud. Uh, Jamal Adams actually posted this himself. He was very proud of it and everything. But there's also a lot of people talking about this and just poo-pooing and saying, oh, I go to the games. They're all uh, opposing fans. Um, These are just sales, not actual attendance records. Um, and then I went that put that metric that you sent me of the jet attendance over the last uh, 20 years. I sent that out and show you know said, well look, look the Jets have been consistently top five uh, attendance te- record team you know in the NFL yeah, since 2006. and yeah, yeah since 2006 and people you know a lot of Jet fans and Mike it, like, probably oh, before that but the only stat not to interrupt you the only stats like you can get online go back to 2006 so prior to that. I'm going to guess that the Jets were up there too just cuz it's New York. Maybe not maybe not top 5, right. but I'm I'm sure they were up there back then. Uh, I'm sure they were still getting a lot of fans back in the day also. Yeah, yeah, they they have been. I mean, they've been essentially uh this year they were 2, 2018 they were number 2 in the league, 17 they were number 3, they were number 5, number 4, number 3, number 5, number 4, number 2, number 4, number 4. I mean, they were in the top 5 pretty much all the way back since uh, since 2006. And again, um, what happens is that the numbers are what they are, right? Um, you can try to spin it any way you want to spin it. And a lot of these people say they go to the games. Now, again, do I go to the games? I'm in Texas. I only can be able to go to maybe one home game when I fly in. Uh, I understand I'm not at every single game. It is what it is. These they're, The Jets are still selling this amount of... And uh, also, uh, this tickets, is one of the things right? people need to factor into their mind. As if, I don't I don't know why people don't do this. What you're basically saying is, oh, when you go to the Jet games, it's fans of other teams. As if that same theory doesn't apply to every other team right. in the league when they have a home game. Right. All the teams in the league, when they have a home game, because the NFL represents, yeah. there's going to be fans of the other teams there. I mean, like, there's no way around that. So you factor that into... Every single team's attendance, oh, right? Because everybody has it happen. So you sprinkle it in. It's like, okay, I mean, that's no way around that. Yeah. You always see Jet fans when they play New England. You always see Jet fans on the road. And you're like, wow, they're there. They're in Indianapolis. They're over. They're over New York fans are everywhere. But what's even more interesting, Mike, is that, um, you know, like you said, going back to 2006, the Jets haven't been lower than fifth in total attendance in the league, uh, which is pretty impressive, man, considering, you know, giant, the Cowboys stadium's enormous. So they could only fill it up eighty percent, and they'll probably still have yeah. the most, the most uh, the fans in there. Yep. Well, they have standing room. The other thing True. is they're kind of for standing room too that the MetLife doesn't have. But the other thing, and no offense, Wookie, 
the Giants have the same stadium, and they're out selling the Giants. I, and the Giants are the better team. And the Giants, honestly, are the better. Have well, been. This is what I wanted me, to get into. The here. better. This team. is why me and Mike brought this up. Is that like Mike said? You go back two thousand six. Jets have been fourth, third, third, fourth, fourth, second, fourth, fifth, third, fourth, fifth. The last three years, third. Now second. The past two no, years, no worse than fifth. No worse than fifth. Now, if you go from two thousand six to two thousand sixteen. Okay. That's an 11 year stretch. Is the it's 11 year years. Eli really was the guy. Yeah. Yep. So that's right. 11 years. So you peaked in 2012. That's right after the two Super Bowls. The Giants were never first, but they were always second or third all those years. Okay. Giants fans representing that whole way through. And the Jets would always be right behind them. But in 2017, right. what happened? Jets fans, for the first time ever, for the first time ever in the Jets and Giants sharing a stadium. Ever, Jet game attendance was higher than the Giants game attendance. Jets were third, Giants were fourth. 2018, the Jets had even more fans. We increased, we went up to second in the league. Giants dropped almost a thousand fans. Okay, they they were fourth in 2018. Then we go to last year, where the Jets were second in the league. Jets had even more fans again for the third year in a row. And the Giants dropped to fifth. They actually averaged around 4,000 less fans per game yeah. at Giant Games than Jet Games. So what I'll throw out to all these people trying to poo-poo this is this. When the Cowboys play the Giants, or the Eagles play the Giants, or the Packers play the Giants, or whenever who the hell you want to talk about plays the Giants, guess what? Their fans go to those games too. Yeah. So why, do they don't, why don't they have as many fans as the Jets then? So, so if you're going to say well, the road team fans, go to the games in New York. Right. But still, the Jets have managed. Now this year, they, they're, they've, the Giants have slipped off the last four years. They're averaging four, I should say, excuse me, from 2013 to 2019, Giants are averaging 6,000 less fans per game. That's a lot, dude. That's a lot of people per game. And the Giants went from second in the league, now they're fifth in the league. And they've lost fans a lot of years in a row. So we just wanted to bring that up, guys, Jet Nation. So you kind of sleep on it sometimes. The Jet fan, wanna... if you look... It's, if you look at the number, bro, it's just consistent. Yeah. Say whatever you want. Talk about other teams' fans, whatever the case may be. The Jet fans go to the games. Yep. Okay? And then right. and it is what it is. Yep. And the Giants have the same opportunity. They play in the same stadium, the same exact confines, and yet they've been slipping. So, I mean. Right. And let me uh, and let me just br- add, add a little bit more context. 2017, what year was that? That was the year that Josh McCown was the quarterback of the New York Jets. That's the year that the rebuild officially started. That's the year we sold all of our assets. There was no more Brandon Marshall. There was no more Decker. There was no more uh, amazing players. There was Robbie Anderson, you know, Young and all that stuff. And even with that garbage team with Todd Bowles, they still outdid the New York Giants in attendance. And this is with Eli Manning and that team. Now, all of a sudden, you're trying to tell me that that attendance all of a sudden jumped to third, right, in the NFL with a team that was in a rebuild? You know what I'm saying? Like, so to Keith's point, you know, if you're going to knock the Jets because there are opposing fans that are coming to the stadium, well, that's something that you need to equate in on all teams. And the Jets absolutely deserve, Jet fans absolutely deserve credit here. And we do know that the New York Jets have the greatest chance in the entire NFL, the most dedicated fans. No fan base has waited longer for a Super Bowl. Well, Mike, Mike I, I would say the Chargers fans. Chargers fans are probably the most diehard football fans in NFL altogether. Dated and backed by the proof in the attendance. <laughs> they came in last. <laughs> Bro. 
The Tampa Bay Rays could probably get fill out a stadium more than the Chargers can. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's wild. So oh totally. I wonder why oh Rivers is goodness. leaving. You guys uh, can't. You guys have a football team there. You guys can go watch football every Sunday. Well, almost every Sunday. And no, you know what? We're, we're thirty-one thousand. You're averaging. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Wow. Well, Come on. hey, Keith, if the Jets were to get to a Super Bowl. What would the roster look like if we were to get there? Oh, I mean, well, that, it would you know, be a good one. I'll say that much. It'd probably be a lot better than what we have now. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't think you guys are that far. far I think away. what you could look at, dude, is like, unless we have we seen this is what you got to put into how you got to look at it. There's two types of teams very often that get to the Super Bowl: teams that have a quarterback that's otherworldly ridiculous, right? Right. Whereas maybe your offensive line could even be slightly sketchy or just average, but your quarterback is so beast, it doesn't really matter, does it? Or the other type of team is you have a super efficient quarterback with a tremendous offensive line. So because of that offensive line and because he's really efficient, he can get a lot done, mix in a decent defense. Very often, those are the two type of teams. Go, Go through every Super Bowl winning team forever. Very rarely do you have a Brad Johnson. You know, very rarely do you have a um, Hostetler. You don't have a lot of these guys out there. You usually have a stud quarterback. Or your defense is ridiculous. And, like Tampa and, Bay. With and, and every year there's the anomaly. Yeah. It's a defense that we're all like, yo, this defense was insane. Because you know? Brad Johnson? For, and I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not speaking to the 60s and 70s. There's probably oh, people, yeah. that, people that disagree with us. Right, of course. But I'm talking about in, in recent memory of our life. Yeah. You run through, dude. You're talking about all Hall of Fame quarterbacks or top Hall of Fame legendary defense. It's like, that Buccaneer defense just got um, Lynch in the Hall of Fame, Brooks is in the Hall of Fame, Barber's going to get in the Hall of Fame. So, you know, Brad Johnson wasn't bad. No, but but a Super Super Bowl winning quarterback? Well, let's relax. And then you had Foles win a Super Bowl. That defense that year, though, was... They're not Bears, 86 Bears, but they were pretty much... They were ridiculous. The 86 Bears. So, Mike, my my long-winded way of saying this is this. Is Sam that type of quarterback. We don't know that yet, or at least we haven't seen evidence of that yet, that he's upper, upper, top of the pyramid, upper echelon quarterback. We've seen games where he played like that. We've seen short bursts where we were like, yo, look at this pass he made. Look at this decision making in this game. It's tremendous. Then we've also seen some mistakes that were like, okay, put into perspective that he's 23 years old, I totally get it. I'm not sure if Sam is going to be a Mahomes or any of those type of guys because look, let's, let's face it how many guys really are you know have some good quarterbacks in the league then you have your top five or six guys which is a different ball of wax so if we're going to be contemplating getting to the Super Bowl Mike you know what we're going to have to do in, in the biggest glaring hole if you're just staring at the team is to start off with getting some studs yeah. on the offensive yeah. line some top-level monstrosities. Now, well, I know you know the rookies that are coming out in the draft, Mike. Uh, and, you know, I know there's some just, there's some okay, um, not-that-bad free agents out there also. You know, they're going to be out there. But that's where it starts. And I think a team like ours right now, that's where we have to look. If, say, the very first chess move in the, uh, you know, the, the Mountain era, which is going to be his first offseason coming up, that's what he's looking to do, man, just replenish that offensive line. Get us some talent there. Get us some young beasts. We don't have anybody on the edge either. Obviously, you have huge holes there. But when you look at the squadron, we got Sam. And at least for now, still we got Lev, right? We don't know what's going to happen with Robbie, but we got Crowder. So it's not like we're completely barren of pieces on offense. But we know where the line ranked last year, bro. So yeah, Almost lasted everything. Yeah, so 
yeah, let's you know what? Let's just go through the roster and see if we've got these guys who we think are the solution at for a Super Bowl run, and and see if you agree. I'll start us off quarterback like we just went over. Sam Darnold is he the guy? Well, let me just say this about Sam. Sam's 2018 season was rocky. His rookie year, he came in against the Lions. He had a very good game very first off. Then after that, he played the Dolphins and then the Browns. Two poor games where he had thrown interceptions, was kind of thrown off his back foot, not making any great plays. Then all of a sudden, he comes out, plays great against the Broncos, against the Indianapolis Colts, goes toe-to-toe with Andrew Luck. Oh my goodness. Sam Darnold starting to show amazing Feats, then plays the Vikings, the Chicago Bears, and then had a really piss poor game versus the Miami Dolphins where he threw four interceptions and gets hurt. And we're like, oh, what in the world? He goes away for three games, comes back, plays his final four games, led the NFL in PFF rating, was the top quarterback in the last month of the season. He played tremendous against the Houston Texans, tremendous against the Green Bay Packers, toe to toe with Watson, toe to toe with Rodgers, ended the rookie season with a lot of hope. We said, Oh my, this kid has talent. 2019 comes mono off the bat. Hurts him. Down three games. The Buffalo game, you could just call it a wash because he was already sick with mono, so you can't really call that out. Comes out the gate. Dallas Cowboys has one of the best games of his career, followed up by one of the worst games of his career against the New England Patriots, right? Then he goes up into Jacksonville and Miami and does a stinker against those two guys where they was throwing interceptions at a high rate. Then the last uh, uh, eight games of the season? Wow. Only four interceptions the last half of the season. Only four interceptions ends up with a seven and six starting a winning record as a starter and has a really good stretch there. Uh, I'm sorry, eight. It was, I think, is a six game stretch there to end the season against the Steelers and the Bills really wasn't the best, but he was going up against a great defense against the Steelers. And then it was Buffalo where it's just nasty and the Hill people and whatnot. Um, so... Sam's Sam, you know, you look at him, you know, he's had games where it's like, wow, you really see it? And then he's had games where it's like, man, you know, he's struggling. And in both instances, he had, hasn't had really great protection. He hasn't had really the weapons around him that like a Deshaun Watson has a, a, a Hopkins. So I think that next year is the most critical year for Sam Darnold. We can't be debating next year, is this the guy or is this not the guy? We all need to know that this is the guy and that is going to start with getting him weapons and protection. But I think for me, Sam is the solution at quarterback for a Super Bowl champion uh, New York Jets team. I know that we have faith in Sam, and I guess he's still somebody that we're looking at as an incomplete just because of how last year was. He got sick. We've seen stretches where he played well. So the jury is still out on Sam. In 2020, people are tend to judge you faster than ever. Right. You play a season or two, and the judgment's made up about you, and it's probably not even fair, to be yeah. honest with you. But his stats overall are you know better than average. It's not like you know his stats through his first two seasons like crush Mark Sanchez's. Oh, yeah. You know? Much better player than him, right? But that's not the highest bar that you're setting right there. You know, when it comes to the rest of the roster, we have Lev right now at running back. If, obviously, Lev is tremendously talented, I really do think, Mike, we we talk about this very often um, during the season last year, our offensive line didn't do him any favors because of the type of runner that he is. Right. They... They were, they were, you know, we were, they were the type of offensive line that last year, dude, you had, you had some stats that were just mind numbing. 
about how bad they were holding blocks for on, on, on the rushing plays. Yeah. Where they basically Lev had the least amount of space to rush the ball because of his blocking of anybody. Because right. their offensive line held their blocks the least amount of time. It's one of the reasons why a running back that's you know Blah Powell is not a bad running back. Don't get me wrong. He's not Le'Veon Bell. But last year when he got put in the game, everyone was oh my god, he looks so much better than Bell. And I'm like, well, you know why? He just gets the ball and runs straight. Yeah. So a guy like that, when people aren't holding blocks, that guy's going to be effective. Le'Veon Bell is like an artist out there. Right. If you give him some time and you give him a little bit of space, he was making things happen last year where there was nothing really yep. you know, there. And I, I, I still think he's a great player. And he could still be a running back on a winning team. If he's going to be on the squad or not, though, Mike, I don't know. I mean, that, that's hard to say. Just considering some of the negative statements you've heard from Gase, the beginning of last year and then the end of this year. I think that his salary is just so large that I think the Jets are going to end up staying with him. I mean, it's they're paying him fourteen or thirteen million this year. If you're going to have them eat half of it, even half of it, you're talking about another team needs to pay six, seven million for him, and the Jets got to eat six, seven. It just doesn't make sense. So I think, uh, look, if Gase were to use him correctly, I think Bell is the answer. At running back, obviously, but that's a big if regarding the uh, the coach and the scheme. Now, we know, you and I both know, we do not have a wide receiver one. I would love to hear your thoughts on what the Jets should do to address the hole they have at the wide receiver one. Our Jerry Rice, our Randy Moss. What should they do? Should they draft? Should they go after guys like Amari Cooper? What, what would you do? I'll tell you what, I don't think that this year's draft, dude, has a ton of good receivers. So I don't think that they should waste capital at the top of the draft. At least the first round. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough if Judy's there. But there's NFL scouts that are saying there's other receivers coming out, yeah. you know, the various ones that might be even better than Judy. So what I'm thinking is, man, in the first round, Mike, I really want them to draft some gigantic monster on the offensive line. Yeah. Okay? That's what I want. And what I want them to do is, in the draft, in the second round, or one of those two third-round picks, go out and grab us some ridiculous young receiver. Yep. Get us someone that could be a wide receiver one one day. But also, in the free agent market, is going to have plenty of money. As we mentioned, Mike, Anunua might come off the books concerning what happens with his injury settlement. If he can or cannot continue his career, he has a, you know, a narrowing of a spinal column there. He's a serious injury issue. Rough, yeah. That's a gray area right now, so we don't know what's going on with that. We'll, we'll probably know before the season starts. But they might have some other money open up that we don't even have available now. I would love. Now, I know Amari Cooper has had his detractors and times he's dropped the ball here and there. But he's also someone that when he's been targeted like a wide receiver one, Top 10 wide receiver. he puts up ridiculous numbers. Yeah. So say they were, hypothetically, Mike, in this hypothetical discussion we're having, they say they went out, they signed Amari Cooper, the Jets. They bring in this player that's 27 years old. He's got the height. He's got the size. We know he has the speed. We yeah. know he's physical, right? Comes to New York. They also go out in the third, like second or third round in this hypothetical, like I said. They just draft someone, one of these great young receivers. They still have Crowder. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. They're not in that hypothetical. That's not a bad situation at all. No, no. Because no, then only really, because Crowder's going to make about eight or nine million. Maybe Cooper makes wide receiver one money, but the third guy, that rookie's not, he's going to be on a rookie contract for a few years. Yep. And they have some other guys that played last year. They can even have Demarius Thomas come back and be that wide receiver four. Yep. But I think that's the way I'd, I'd hope the Jets go. Yeah. For me, I would like 
for them to just go ahead and sign Robbie Anderson back to a contract, giving him anywhere from 10 to 11 with incentives. Um, I would like that. There's a, lo- a bunch of other receivers out there that are pretty interesting. Probably. Yeah, but if you're going to give 10 to 11 to Robbie, why not give a little bit more and get someone better than him? Cooper's a much better player than yeah. Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson's f- like Robbie Anderson is good, but and he can like we said, Mike, he could go to a team that has a really good quarterback and put up stats. But he can only he can only run certain routes. He's not going to catch the ball over the middle, get hit, break a tackle, make a run. Is I would go after. I would Cooper and him could be on. Could not. Be on, I, don't I would go that, after. Right? Okay. I would go after Amari Cooper, but I'm not sure if he's going to be able to break free. I would. No, I no, would, no. I know. I know. I would. I know. But if I'm looking at guys like AJ Green, Emmanuel Sanders, Devin Funches, Randall Cobb, Mike, you're looking at it like this. Considering the other wide receiver options, right. if they couldn't get Cooper, right. Right. If you're looking at the other wide receivers that are going to be out there, um, Robbie's probably one of the best guys. Just considering the talent that's out there. Now, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. If we were to pay this guy minimum, Josh Gordon is a free agent. Yeah, but that's a... Oh, he just got suspended again. Oh, he did? Oh, he got suspended again? Oh, forget. Oh, I'm sorry. Look at that. I don't even... Yeah, he got... I mean, yeah. I mean, Dan... I didn't even realize that. Towards the end of the... Like, they... Yeah, they they suspended him again. And... I mean, I had him personally. It, you know, I had him on the fantasy team, as you guys know. And I was like, "All right, sweet." They reinstated him. He had yeah. a couple games. He got traded to Seattle, and then like four games into being in Seattle, if that gone again, I think he got nailed for another another test. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what the situation is with that. Yeah, yeah. that's not someone I really want to touch. And two and two guys from wide receivers that we can get in the second third round is a guy just <laughs> Justin Jefferson, wide receiver out of LSU, and Denzel Mims from Baylor. Watch that cat. Go check some of them. And I mean, ju- and just so the AEBG audience knows, as we get closer to the draft, oh god, me and Mike are gonna have. We're gonna know every receiver, <laughs> every like. Last year, we actually, to be really honest, the guys that we thought would be drafted really high did. Yep. Me and Mike did a great job last year. Yep. Everyone we talked about pretty much went kind of sort of where we thought they would go. Yep. Like we, we, our coverage of the draft last year was tremendous. There's going to be a ton of wide We'll have that again going on this year. Right now, Mike has cursory information, so we don't know what the story is, but I know what you mean, Mike. There's going to be talent down there yep. in the second, and then we have two picks at the top of the third round, which is tremendous. Thank Mike, once again, Wookie, thank you, Giants. Thank you, Leonard Williams. I appreciate that. Thank you, Gettleman. So I think we covered receiver, you know, Anderson possibly, possibly getting a, a guy in the draft, Crowder. Tight end, Herndon and Griffin, I'm good with them. Are you? I'm good with Griffin. And I guess Herndon too, but Herndon just needs to stay healthy and stay out there, man, because his rookie year he showed a lot. Last year was kind of an incomplete. The kid got banged up right away. Yeah. But I don't think we're necessarily – I mean, Griffin last year was just a touchdown machine. Oh. And he had, had some really good chemistry with Sam. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we're fine to tie in. That's yeah, not really and, now, and now one thing that you mentioned, we all know, every Jeff fan knows, we need an entire offensive line. The whole damn thing. Me, this is what I do. I, I, this is what I do. I dra- I sign back Beecham. I know people don't want to hear that. I get Thuni. I get Thuni. Thuni is one of the most... He's never hurt. He's consistent. He's always been able to play at a very high level. All pro. Um, I would lock him up and pay, make him the highest paid guard in the NFL. At center, I think I would go draft or I would sign that guy McGovern. A couple of different ways you can go there, but I probably would lean draft. Right tackle, I would sign Conklin. And then right guard, I would either put a... Yeah, Conklin, I yeah, like. That's, I, I was going to mention him, Mike. As, yeah. as far as free agents that might be out there for us to get, yeah. that's a big old beast. Yeah. So I, 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 I would like right Conklin. There. 
And then at right guard, I would either put um, Adoga or uh, put Alex Lewis there. And I would then, right there, so I said Beecham, Thune, you know, a draft guy at center or, or McGovern, right guard uh, uh, and right tackle, uh, Conklin, right guard is Doga. And then I would draft, like Keith said, a left uh, tackle for the future and then either start him if he could start over Beecham or, you know, put him into the offensive line, let him start learning and let that offensive line start gelling. That That's where I would go if it were me. There's so many holes on offensive line. We can't go through them all. But like Mike said, he nutshelled it for you guys. We, we all know what we got to do, whether it's the draft or whether it's free agency. We just need to raise the bar because, yeah. I mean, we were the last in everything last year. So everything you can do as an offensive line unit, we were horrible at. You know, so it doesn't matter who you get or if if you get guys, um, you know, you're drafting dudes, if you're getting free agents. Mike, if there's a trade out there that we don't even, we haven't thought about yet, maybe Trent Williams or something outside the box, Mike, that we have, you know, that might come to fruition that we're not thinking about. Whatever it is, it's the most glaring need now for, we're, we're going on like a couple of years now. Right. I mean, like, like, like two years ago was pretty bad. Last year was really, really bad, like horrific. Nothing else we can say about it. Every Jet fan knows it. You know, every Jet fan that has a little kid probably in their head goes, why when I watch these other games, the quarterbacks drop back and they're like looking around. They can like look at some options. Ball here but when I watch the Jets, Sam looks like he's going to get killed when they're playing the Dolphins. <laughs> and I just, you know, it makes no sense. And, Mike, you mentioned everyone out there pretty much that's within the realm of possibility. So, only other guy I'm going to throw out to is from Washington guard Brandon Sheriff, who, who's probably going to be a free agent, too. Um, that's another beast we can get. Or if maybe they can get a trade for Trent Williams, which I know sounds ridiculous, but he doesn't want to play there. He didn't play last year. So, I don't know if he wants to sit another year out and, you know, where a possible option. I wonder what Washington would take for him. You know, you never know. You don't know what the situation is with that. That would be great if you guys could land him. He's, he's, he's a monstrosity. He, he, I mean, he's, he's an yeah, absolute beast. And I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Keith. Um, I think that defensive line were set. I, I love. I, I do. I think defensive line was said. I think this is what I think. I think Quinnen Williams is going to make a leap next year. Okay. I want you to remember Jamal Adams' his rookie year. He was good, but he wasn't that good. I mean, he showed you highlights here and there. He was good, but he wasn't like what he is now. Like his second year, he exploded on the scene his second year, and now is the best uh, safety in the NFL. Quinn Williams, everyone got to remember, he was 21 years old, young guy, he's going to be 22 next year, playing defense, playing against players that strengths he's never played against, and he was asked to do a lot that he had never was supposed to do before. Now, we are sour on him because we have Leonard Williams syndrome, Down syndrome. We're so mad at Leonard Williams <laughs> for not right, so we're down on Q. I think Q is going to lead this defensive line with... Uh, um, the Canadian Thanos and um, Fatukasi and Kyle Phillips and McClendon. I like the defensive line, Henry Anderson. I'm good with the defensive line. I think this defensive line is good enough to be a Super Bowl winning defensive line, in my opinion. Yeah, but Mike, that's, I mean, this is the thing that people kind of sleep on is obviously where they rank last year against the run. They don't, people might not know the names. Of the guys on the Jets, they might not know the names of the dudes on the defensive line or the linebackers or whoever the case may be besides Jamal Adams. Yeah. But guess what? They got the job done. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you look at the stats, the proof is in the pudding, man. They were tremendous last year. But the only thing that we didn't have and the situations we got put in, say it's third and seven, 
and we need someone to get to that quarterback real quick, put some pressure on him. That's where we got to step it up, Mike. And whether it's an outside linebacker right. or we get a defensive end who does it, um, that's where we're going to have to improve. Right. And, and when, you, right. when you look at um, when you look at those edge guys, Mike, when it comes to free agents, I mean, it's not even like there's going to be that many beasts. Jadavion Clowney is going to go out there. He's going to get his money, as we know. And there's a club option on Von Miller. I doubt Denver's going to let him go to free agency. Yeah. But they could. Yeah. His, contract's, his contract's pretty big. Yep. But that's, Mike, where we need to address. We, we thought maybe Polite would be that guy last year. Jordan Jenkins gets some sacks every year. He's actually going to be a free agent. So I hope we do bring yes. him back. Yes, yes. But if we, had, if we had our same defense, if we have our same defense next year that we had this year, but the Jets insert into that defense... A pass rush. Oh no! And the and Gakwe. Now we're the 49ers Look, look. The I I would. The Jets were number two against the rush. They finished number seven overall with guys. No one. Look, does. I will tell you that I know the offensive line is very much the priority here, but I'm going to tell you this: if Ngakwe, how do you say his name? Ngakwe from the Ngakwe from the Jaguars. If he slips, 24 years old, he would be. I would Joe Douglas. That would be my number one priority. That kid, 24 years old, the beastliness that this guy on the edge, he would be my no I would pay him and yeah. make him the highest he's paid. Top, oh, he's absolutely. He's going to be 25 next yep. year when the year starts. Oh. He's a top 10 free agent on every absolutely. list. So. He would be all, I would be all over him. And then if not him, I would look at Dante Fowler Jr., to be honest with you, at, at edge. I'd sign Jenkins and get Dante Fowler Jr. That's what I would do. Uh, to set that yeah. up, yeah. San Francisco to do something. Yeah, and Armstead um, from San Francisco, he'll be a free agent. Also, Shaq Barrett from Tampa Bay, will be a free agent on the outside there. So there's, I mean, there's some options yeah. to get an outside pass rush. And I hope it, it's funny because I'm looking through my rankings of free agents, all the way down at 34th, right after a guy named Javon Hargrave from the Pittsburgh Steelers, and before a guy named Corey Littleton is Leonard Williams. Buried amongst names of guys that, if they're in the NFL or if they work at Walmart, you couldn't tell. No, you had no greeter, defensive lineman. That's where your boys. Oh, at. That's where your boys. At. Now, when you go to the top of the list, job, and people go, Dak Prescott, Tom Brady, Ryan Tannehill, Clowney, Cooper, you know AJ Green, and Gockett. You know those names. Yeah. You think this kid he gets paid more than all those dudes? So you think he might? No, scrub. No. Nope. And we're gonna get a third round pick for him once again. Mr. Gettleman. Hey, you guys should be happy. Mr. Gettleman, you're a tremendous GM. We appreciate you. And we're in your corner here, over here at the sure ABG Gettleman's Podcast. Gettleman's not your guys' GM? Yeah. No, I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan. Him and Douglas were now, together? Now, here's another... Gettleman's like, he's like Trump to Putin for us. You know what I'm saying? Like he, we have an inside man over there. Now, uh, here's another here's another surprise, I think, for our listeners and you guys. I also think our middle linebackers are set for a Super Bowl run. I love, of course, C.J. Mosley, healthy is, I mean, he's probably the best middle linebacker in the NFL. And the second, if you want to go with Avery or cut Avery and go with Cashman, and he, I'm good with that. I'm good with, I think Cashman going in his second year, healthy. I love what I saw from him. I know he struggled a little bit in coverage, um, but the depth that's behind him with uh, Junior and also um, Harris, or not Harris, um, uh, with Neville Hewitt. I think we're good in middle linebacker. That, that's who I was going to bring up is, dude, Neville Hewitt and James Burgess as the year went on last year, 
those were our two best. Basically, they were those were our two best defensive players that were not named Jamal. Adams. Yeah, James Burgess was great. Mike, as the year went on, the junior, Mike, they stayed healthy. They stayed healthy the whole year, right? Neither of them, and they, they neither of those dudes were people at the beginning of the year because of Williamson, because we had Mosley, because we drafted Cashman. Neither of those two guys were anybody that we thought we'd be counting on, Mike, when the year started. But guess what? By game five or six, they were starting. Right. And they had to play the whole year as starters. And Neville Hewitt stepped up, dude. And, like, I, I'm, we were, we've been on top of Neville Hewitt, shouting him out since he joined the yeah. Kidding me? We've been on top of yeah. Neville Hewitt. Yeah. yeah. And Burgess, too, man. Yeah. I know he's a free, he's a free yeah. agent we grabbed last year, man. He's a good player, too. Nah, so, yeah. I think, I think at linebacker, uh, aside from, like, we just mentioned a moment ago, adding maybe someone that's an outside linebacker that could add to the pass rush, our linebacking game is going to be on point because. C.J. Mosley played one quarter. No, he played two quarters last year. Yep. Of the entire season. Previously, before that, he's not, besides Luke Keekley, he's like the best linebacker in the league. So, Jet fans, we haven't even got a chance to, like, see what he's about yet. You know, like, it's like your mom and dad, for some of you rich kids out there, get you a nice new car. You take it around the block once, you go home, all the tires are blown out. Immediate. <laughs> And you're like, wow, I didn't even get to do anything, you know? So, and Mike, when we, now we got to go to the area that last year coming into the year we thought was the big, going to be the biggest weakness. Ended up being a weakness, but probably better than we thought. And that's the secondary. When it comes to the cornerbacks, obviously it's safety. We don't even need to really talk about it. Too nope, much. we're I, good. We're fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we got May, we got Marcus May, we got Adams. We got two really good safeties. Jamal Adams probably the best the safety, best safety in the, in the right National now. Football uh, League. Marcus, yeah, I don't, I don't think anyone can really argue with that. And then you got Marcus May out there, dude. You know, unless you're a Jeff and you might not know, but that dude does work every game when he's healthy. Tremendous player. Pool last year in the slot. I mean, God, Mike was the biggest hater of Buster Screen in the world. Not a fan. Yeah. Pool came in last year. He played some time. He played on the outside too, but he played a lot of slot corner last year, and he was probably. Until Blasson came in at the end of the year, that was our best guy in the secondary. That was well. I heard today some rumors about um, James Bradbury from Carolina potentially being a target uh, in free agency. I know that uh, the cornerback from Dallas is going to be somebody that potentially will be looked at by um, Joe Douglas. But cornerback is definitely something that we're going to have to look at. Look, Blasson Austin had a good year and we are very excited to him I would not I don't know if I would feel comfortable with him as the starting cornerback next year I no not yet I I, I like him as depth but I don't know if I could so honestly Joe Douglas is going to have to find two new starters um, here he's going to have to look at free agency and then potentially look at the draft in my opinion there's a couple of these guys that are out here that we may be able to hold down like you said we should try to re-sign Brian Poole but what do you think of Trey Waynes I know he's been slipping a little bit but maybe getting somebody like that as a stopgap we want nothing to do with Eli Apple I'm sure I'm sure no Nick no, no. <laughs> no Waynes isn't bad that's not a bad option um Ryan from Tennessee is not a bad option I know that Talib is more than likely going to be a free agent. He's old as hell, though. The Dolphins going to give him that money. So 34 years. Bro, compared to what we have, he's still probably a good corner. I know he's older. Yeah. But that's also somebody you know that if you put out there as your first or second corner, not that he could be a number one corner anymore, right. but you know he's going to compete nonstop. And you got Brian Jones from uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Right, Brian Jones. Right, right, right. So, 
Yeah, Brian Jones. So they gotta they gotta find somebody because we know it's not Tremaine Johnson. He's gonna get cut. Um, he proved himself not to be our true number one cornerback. Now, Blasson Austin in his short span last year was really really good, but you don't know if that was or wasn't a fluke. And short sample sizes in sports is not something you can use to to base a judgment off of. It's, right. it's not smart to go about things that way. But that's pretty much it, Mike. Yeah, game. that's the roster. So high level, look, we need a wide receiver one. We need an entire new offensive line. We need to, uh, an edge. We need some edge help. And we need cornerback help. High level, that's the biggest areas we need. Everything else, I think, you know, line, inside linebacker, defensive line, safety, quarterback, running back, and then depth at the receiver and tight end, I think we're we're good to go. Yeah, I think most of our – if you look at how well the defense ended up being ranked last year in all the different categories, you say to yourself, okay, they have a pretty good coach at defense, which is Greg Williams, who's, who's great. And most of the time, the defenses, Mike, that are ranked pretty high, they have a player or two on their team that's ridiculously elite. Right. You know what I mean, guys? Yeah. Like, what, like, just like when we were little kids, when you play basketball versus some other kids or football – that team might be okay, but they have one kid that's so better than everyone else, so beast mode, yeah. that it affects everything. Yeah. And even in the NFL, that happens. And yep. for us, that's Jamal Adams. I mean, he affects every game he's in. I just, I, I just so I, intuitive I what he does, him. the way he gets to the quarterback. I don't care what they have to give him. And it's the same oh, thing like no. back in the day with the Jets with Revis. I was in the in the corner of them paying him whatever the hell. Because he was so much better than everyone else at that position. And Jamal Adams is one of the rare safeties. doesn't happen often that you get like a Palomalu. Um, Ed, Reed was, Ed Reed was a different type of safety. Right. So it was a little different. He, he, he was like a kind of a ball hawk safety. But Palomalu legit affected the game like a middle linebacker. Yep. But played safety. Yep. And that's what Jamal Adams does. Like he, like other teams are scheming for our safety. Yeah. That's, you know... That's pretty deep. That, that, that really set you up for some success. And it showed last year because last year as the year went on, unless you were a Jet fan, by the seventh or, you know, by the, I should say by the fifth or sixth game of the year, most most NFL fans would be hard-pressed to name three guys starting on defense for the Jets on a given Sunday. After you remove Jamal Adams. That's, a, that's the injuries we had down to, down to like, young guys, second-string guys, Guys, no one really knows besides Jet fans. Right. And they still were able to be a really, really good defense. Oh, yeah. I think it has a lot to do with him. I'm very happy to have Jamal Adams as a New York Jet. I hope Joe Douglas gets that extension done in this offseason. And we go into free agency and the 2020 season with our best player signed and locked up as a Jet for the next couple of years. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, Mike, let me ask you a question. Did you see any of the... XFL this week. I honestly got to see some of it. Um, I thought that the kickoff was phenomenal. I think the NFL should adopt the kickoff, to be honest, because it would help with injuries and also scheming guys through blocks and stuff. I thought it was pretty cool. Other than that, I were I, I liked it. I, I didn't. It wasn't like the AAF where I was falling asleep by the second quarter. I uh, I enjoyed it very much, and I thought Carl. Yeah, it seems like it seems like the talent level they got in there is a little bit better yep. than the AAF, and obviously they're on all the major networks. They're on ESPN. That's that's yeah. That makes you just look good immediately, yep. right? 
And also, another good thing is, the New York team went out there and did work oh, God. this weekend. Now... Only gave up three points. Now, look, guys. It's the XFL. Yeah. This is like a bizarre, just freakish thing that just popped up. It yeah. might only be around for this one year. Hey. But I'm going to say this. In college football and professional sports, a lot of different mascots for teams. The Tigers. We're the Bears. We're the Gamecocks. Right. We're the Crimson Tide. Yeah. We're the Florida Gators, you know? <laughs> but only one team has a gargoyle <laughs> as their mascot, and that's yeah. the New York Guardians. Yeah. Respect to yeah. the XFL. Because that yeah. is gangster. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. it's strong. Absolutely. And the uniforms, all the Son, teams that played this weekend can I, were can absolutely I tell the you, best uniforms. Living in Texas, yeah. I was like, okay, I wanna I, I wanna be the Texas fan. I wanna Root for a Texas team because I'm here and I need to adopt. And I, son, I tried. I watch these roughnecks, and I'm just like. And then I look over at the Guardian, son, and your rights and the gargoyle on the side of the. I was like, oh, I can't help it. Oh, the uniform is so. I can't help it. (laughs) And also, what they're trying to do. If you could tap into the Jets and the Giants fan base at the same same time, time. you're gonna get. It it, it makes it fun because. Jets and Giants, we don't have. We just have a rivalry of just. It's just a rivalry just because we all are live together. Oh yeah. You know we all we're, we all have brothers, sisters, best friends, and we all go for the Jets and the Giants. But there's no actual like. You don't hate the Jets like the Eagles. No. And the Jet fans don't hate the Giants like the Patriots. It's not that. But if you could combine <laughs> us. Oh god. Oh. The only thing I dog. Would like is Buffalo fans trying to work their way in. And Mike, you know what else what, I heard, what? which is which is upsetting. I think. I'm sorry to say this, Wookie. The Guardians are actually projected to outdraw ticket wise the what? Giants this year. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. No. I wouldn't. No. I just made that up. Yeah, I completely no. made that up. I that was. Put it past me. I was trying to control uh, the Wookie. Hey, I, I hope they saw. I hope Le'Veon Bell can run for. They said they couldn't afford Kaepernick because of. Uh, <laughs> we'll go for Bell. They couldn't afford Kaepernick just for. A yeah, I saw that. XFL. Yeah, well, they, XFL. They were saying on the Michael K show that Kaepernick's camp talked to them and um, he wanted too much money. XFL said, "Yeah, we couldn't. I mean, it wasn't fiscally possible." But you know what's funny? Fiscally responsible for us. To this sign dude, into this a deal. dude goes. This dude pretends like he just wants to play football. Oh yeah, dude, he made a shit ton of money from football and then just got a thirty million dollars settlement from the, X, the NFL. So why do you need how more bad money? Do you really want to? So play if you want to play football, why do you need? You need ten million. How, how are you not if, if, if the XFL Bro, you is smart? Money. What they would do is they would get a guy like a Colin Kaepernick, like. A who who's the uh, the Clemson quarterback? What's his name? What's the Clemson quarterback's name? Lawrence. Lawrence. What I what I would do if I'm McMahon? I say, hey, Lawrence, come here, come here. We're gonna pay you fifty million dollars a year for the first three years for your contract, guaranteed. Number one, you will be the face of our league. We'll pay you double anything the NFL will ever have. Right? No, this is what I would do. This is what I do. And then let him get into the... And then people are going to be like, oh, what? They're going to turn to the XFL and want to see what Lawrence does, right? He's the face of the league. You know what I'm saying? And then what you do is you attract all these young kids who want to make money right off the bat and not have to go to college. So these prodigy quarterbacks and running backs and receivers that don't go to college and they go to the XFL and just beast... And then me and you were kind of talking about like, yo, this cat over there on the Guardian, son, he's only 19, jumping like Brandy Moss, grabbing tees. He's going to be over in the NFL. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what you do to market your brand. You know what I'm saying? Like, even though Colin Kaepernick's like a, a very polarizing figure, if Colin Kaepernick were starting in the XFL, that would be must-watch television. 
Oh, I'd be raiding to the roof. Are you kidding roof. me, dude? You know why? Because would instantly be the best player in that league. Well, it'd be the Howard Stern theory where there'd be people tuning in that root for him, but he'd also get right. just as many people tuning exactly. in because they wanted to fail. Exactly. Oh, absolutely. You know, because the people who don't like him. So it, it's like why uh, it's like, like Floyd Mayweather yes. sold so many pay-per-views. Yes. yes. Yep. You know, like Floyd Mayweather wasn't a great person. No, but people want to see him get But, you know, but he did get people in his corner because this is what happens with greatness. Doesn't matter how good you are, people are going to root for you. Yep. Just like our friend Dwayne, Michael, we know, a lot of other buddies of ours are big Floyd Mayweather fans. They don't care what he did outside the ring. Right. Then also, so many people despised him. Yeah. They buy his pay per views. Just like like John Jones. I I bought the, I got John the John Jones. Jones. I just watched it and I don't like him. And I'm watching it because. I can't help it. No, but the, Mike, the theory, you're right. It makes so much sense because outside the octagon, he's right. just not a likable right. human being, John Jones. And he's messed up so many times. And he seems like such a bad guy. Just his statements. Like he's just so petty about things. And his last three fights in a row, he's fought mm-hmm. worse in every one of them. You know, he's looking worse and worse every I thought he lost yeah, the most no, recent he, fight. I definitely yeah. thought he lost. He lost the first three rounds. And then, but the, the thing is this. He lost the first three rounds and won the last two. But if you're the champ and the guy doesn't right, finish exactly. you and it's close enough, I could see him getting the decision. But the one judge who gave it 4-1, that's like... That's, you said Rogan lost his mind, right? Well, the, Rogan lost... One judge had it four rounds for John Jones. If you had four rounds for John Jones, you, you never, you've never watched it. That's yeah. impossible. Yeah. He, he didn't win. Mike... Someone could say he won three, and I'd be like, I don't, I would disagree about it. Okay, that's fine. Mm. Three would be a stretch, you know. He didn't win four. But the thing with John Jones is that, th- I would always say like this, Money Mayweather yep. would go to decisions, right? And uh, he had a ton of decisions, especially his, his last six or seven years boxing. But he'd win the decisions, like the first two rounds would be close. Right. Just like versus Mosley, versus a lot of guys. And then he'd win 10 straight rounds. Yeah. And the fight would be over. Yeah. John Jones is winning split decisions, winning decisions that people thought he lost. So where, with Mayweather, even though I didn't like him, every, he, I don't. I, besides the De La Hoya fight, which is early in his career, Mike, which, which, is, which was a split decision, I thought De La Hoya won that fight. There's no other decision mm-hmm. I even thought was close with him. Right. Even though I'm a hater, I'd watch his fights and be like, he definitely won. Yeah. You know, I, I can't even say anything. Yeah. Where I'd watch, I watched John Jones fights, you know, Thiago Santos tore his ACL, yeah. and it was a split decision. He fought Reyes, pretty much got whooped, uh, uh, I thought. The last I, look, uh, I, John, Jones, John Jones, my opinion is that I don't like the type of human being he is. I do think, though, he's the greatest. I would say, for me, he's top three I've ever seen in my life. I've never seen him actually. I have. He's not even in the conversation. If you fail, if you fail three, no, I, I get that. No, 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 I get that. I get that. I get that. You're the Russian. No, you don't. You don't get allowed to be in the conversation because every single thing that you're basing that off is all off a fighter that was taking steroids, and then when he's had to be clean recently, he hasn't finished one guy, and he's looked absolutely garbage. He's squeaking by. You're you're 100. I'm not saying he's not. I will not disagree with you on what you're saying, but on the same level as that, if you ask me who's the greatest home run hitter I have ever seen, I'm going to tell you it's Barry Bonds, even though I know it's tainted. I know it is, but my eyes, what my, what my, what my eyes see. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. So, 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 John Jones to me, like when Bones Jones, I, I've never actually seen him lose. Like the one loss he has was, uh, you know, he got disqualified for being an idiot. Yeah, no, yeah, so that, it's that like, wasn't a I'm looking, 
yeah. he elbowed uh, that was Matt Hamill the fighter from the uh, Ultimate Fighter who won he was the death fighter and he elbowed him the rules are different now it wouldn't even be it wouldn't even be yeah. an illegal elbow now so, okay. so back like, then it was an illegal elbow and just, just so everybody knows nobody's a bigger nerd about boxing <laughs> MMA than me Jones to me this is why I turned into Jones fights I've never seen him lose so I'm always I'm always uh, want to watch these fights because I want to see if somebody can actually knock him down. Kind of like when Anderson Silva lost the first time. I, I, it blew my mind. I was like, oh, wow. That's why I always tuned into the Mayfield. So going back to our original th- thought is if the XFL wants to gain a lot of attraction, they need to grab superstars and players that are potentially controversial, guys who have great skill, and people will tune in just to watch. You know what? Even a guy, even a guy like, yeah, that like, exactly, dude, Manziel you just read my mind. I was about to say that. I was He's about perfect. to say that. You get a guy like Johnny Manziel, I'm turning it on Fox. I'm turning it on the TV and watch him play. I said this to Wookie yesterday. Is that and the, when it comes to uh, basketball, Mike? Right. So I know I know there's only twelve players. Well, fifteen players technically on a basketball team. Twelve active players, three guys right. in reserve. Right. So there's thirty two NBA teams, fifteen guys on a team. So and then you have your D League players. But coming out of college basketball, Mike, there's so many players, right? And if you're not good enough to make the NBA or be in a D League team, you can play in a variety of different European you leagues. Good money. You can play in Australia. You can play in Asia. There's yep. a ton of leagues, right? If you're a tremendous baseball player and you can't cut it or you don't want to be in the minor leagues, you can play baseball in Asia. You can play baseball even in Europe, a few places, right? But when it comes to football, unless you go play in Canada, (laughs) there's nowhere else to play football. So the difference with football, and people kind of sleep on this, is that there's there's plenty of good football players that can't be on – they're not on the NFL team. Like. And I think it's one of these things, like, I keep telling people when everyone's like, oh, think about how many college football teams there are, right? And college football teams have even more players than the NFL. They have right. 70 or 80-something players, right? Oh, yeah. Every year, they're graduating however many players. And there's 1% of them get drafted at the NFL. Yep. One of them goes so, pro. So, 99% of these talented college players float away into nothingness, you know? And there's definitely... A market for there to be an XFL, oh, and I think there's definitely a market for them to give you some really talented players that can really do something, because there's nowhere else to You're really. Right. Play I mean, look at some of those. Look at some NFL, of the running backs the in the XFL. Uh, Cameron Artis Payne. Cameron Artis Payne has been the backup running back for the Carolina Panthers for a couple of years. He never really got a shot. Uh, one time, Jonathan Stewart went down. Cameron Artis Payne went off for 160 something yards and T. And I, I know that because I have a friend of mine who's a Carolina Panther fan. And then after that came CMC, and he never got another shot, and he's out of the league. And now he's just running back for the XFL. But he could be a serviceable running back in the NFL. He has been, to your point. There are serviceable and good players out there. It's just that there's when you have these rookies, teams rather take their roster spots and give it to young rookies because they're cheaper and they may have more upside than a guy who's 26, 27, has been in the league a couple of years and they already know the ceiling. So we saw Pumphrey in there. We saw... Uh, Eli, Eli Rogers. Eli yeah. was on the Steelers. Yeah. He's Eli already Rogers on a team. He's a receiver. Yep. And, uh, Cardell. You know, Cardell. Cardell. Two yep. yards, two touchdowns. And that, that guy's a monster. I don't know, dude. I'm, I'm a sports addict. Yep. I love sports. Oh, I yeah. love football. Football... The Mets. Oh, of course. UFC, boxing. Those are all my favorite things in the world. So, Jets being obviously number one. Jets, that's like religion. <laughs> I, that's separate from these other sports. You know? right. That's like, 
When I go to MetLife, it's like I'm going to the Vatican. Right. You know, like Sam Darnold right now, he is the Pope. Yes. So, um, that's I, I separate that out. Mike knows. XFL, it could be fun, bros. The games are going to come up um, soon. We're all going to go out. Our oh, own yeah. squad. We're going to have fun. We're yeah. going to go for the Guardians and see what the deal is. Another amazing episode of Ain't Easy Being Green in the books. Yep. The post-Super Bowl episode. Between now and the draft. We got free agency coming up. Free agency happens to be like my second favorite part of the NFL year. That that one week. Remember we got Le'Veon and we got Mosley. That's nutty, nutty part of the year, dude. What? And then leading up to the draft? If anyone thinks we're going to be sleeping, you think me and Mike are going to doze <laughs> off at the wheel? No! No. We're not going to do that here. Nope, not happening. We'll still be riding with you guys all the time, man. Whatever we could bring to you or bring to you, any entertainment we could do, we will. We're going to have Hawk's uh, uncle on the show, yeah. Vito, yeah, which is going to be up. tremendous. He moved up locally, which will be, be cool. He'll be coming by. Yeah, I want to yep. thank everybody for listening, as always. Michael, if anyone does want to listen to us, support us, tweet at us, contact us, in any way, shape, or form on social media. Keith, well, they, they can do that on the Elite Sports Radio Network. They can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spreaker.com. You can find us at on Facebook at AEBG.JetsRadio, on Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ Podcast, and on Instagram at Jet.AEBG. You heard the man on behalf of the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Agaris, and the big stinking Wookiee, Nicholas Kronk. My name is Keith Farrell. Thank you for joining us, everyone. Get at you next week. Peace out. Hey, this is Joe Namus, and uh, they say it ain't easy being green. Are you ready? Can't win. The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. Green. The New York Jets. I think Jeff fans. Jeff fans. Jeff fans. Are very passionate. Are Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jeff fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Y'all beat us up. Y'all are the number leaders.